happening? This is Vibe, the podcast. I am Beck, and I will be your host. And today I am joined by the gorgeous Louise, uh, creator of Gratitude Forest. Louise, thanks so much for being here today. You finally got yes. here. Yes, it's delighted to be here. <laughs> yeah, we had to reschedule a couple of times, but um, we're, we're finally here and catching up. And I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. I just want to say thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I'm really excited oh. to have you as a guest. I'm very excited to chat. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. How are you finding lockdown? Um, this one, since Christmas, I found the hardest. Um, I don't know if it's because I live with chronic illness. That part of my life is impacted similar to the way lockdown impacts us in that I have to cancel plans and, you know, there's restrictions on how much I can physically do at times and stuff like that. So I found the first last year easy you know but the Christmas hit me I must have been planning and hoping for 2021 to be a year where I could just embrace and create in um so yeah I I I am finding like I currently uh, in first lockdown that happened last year I um contacted every Airbnb owner of a one bedroom and studio apartment in Dublin and Wicklow area and said look here's my here's my financial capabilities which is quite low um is there any chance I can cocoon in your in your premises um so I was really lucky that one of the girls was able to match my low figure and said yeah no bother so I moved to an 80 acre farm in Wicklow in the Wicklow mountains unreal last April last April yeah so I was blessed like you know I was like living closer to the version of my dream lifestyle than before lockdown because I'm literally surrounded by nature we've pet donkeys we pet chickens there's a pet dog there's like do you know (laughs) walk around in your wellies and your pajamas and all that stuff it's wonderful but I gotta say like since since after Christmas even this beautiful place feels like a prison which has really kind of been a surprise feeling I feel like you know and I think if I'm feeling that in the middle of nature what are people dealing with you know in their own homes or in their apartment blocks so I'm doing grand but I am itching to get living living the care like you know vivaciously again (laughs) yeah I think and I think everyone's the same I've fallen into that a little bit as well I suppose I've not that I've found like everything particularly really easy but like I was kind of all right like and it's I feel like COVID's catching up on me now Um, because like you said I think maybe coming into 2021 I was like oh yeah that's grand now Covid was a 2020 thing like it's going to go away now and um, yeah it's just caught up a bit but um, do you want to you were saying about chronic illness do you want to tell us a little bit about that or or a little bit about yourself I suppose who you are and what it is that you do Louise yeah yeah so I would classify myself as a highly sensitive person and also an introvert but um, I'm a very positive person Um, I've lived with severe depression from the age of 11 I got type 1 diabetes at 18 and 25 I had a emotional mental breakdown um which I gotta say was particularly hard um and then unfortunately when I was 36 I got a general virus and it led to chronic fatigue so actually at 36 that illness was the most impactful in my life because I was at a time I was bedridden for 20 hours a day um, I couldn't eat solid food I couldn't hold my own head up and I was trying to still hold on to a job be financially independent so after about eight months I just had to 
give up my home, give up my career um, and move back to my parents in Ireland. I was in Scotland. I've been there for 15 years. So so that, you know, was was difficult. So but in all of my illnesses and in all of the challenges that they brought and the changes they brought in my life, I, I really feel like they were just helping me move towards the life that I want to live, you know, that each of them had a gift and a lesson. So, yeah, like I'm now doing the job I've always wanted to do that. I had been putting off for years doing because, you know, I had a very good, secure career path and I was, you know, getting the promotions and the pay rises and all that sort of stuff. But it was in the corporate world and you kind of go a few more years of saving and then maybe I'll, I'll give up and I'll create my own business and do coaching and stuff. So the illness just was like I lost everything. And I thought, well. I guess now's the time to try and build what I actually want. Um, so one of the things that comes with chronic illnesses, especially when it's got a fatigue factor, is that you become so aware of what you want to do at your time because you don't yeah. have 24 hours a day. You don't have 12. Like for a long period, I'm four years of, in my recovery now. Um, but for a long time, I got one good day a month. Do you know? Okay. Um, or like even now I couldn't do an eight hour job like I would be classified as technically kind of disabled in that kind of um, employable sense yeah. because you know two two to four hours is, your is, is as much for cognitive for good quality cognitive function yeah okay you know and to be able to break it up and do it at home and rest in between or go for a walk and you know but yeah so I'm only just back doing about like I've started the last couple of weeks to do like 10k walks a couple of couple of times a week which is like big that's amazing Um, it is yeah like I used to do CrossFit five days a week before I got sick um so it was a big loss of lifestyle just in health and fitness my body shapes obviously changed and trying to but yeah, so just being able to walk 10K, like, it's just amazing. That's, yeah, um, it is. Because at fantastic. one point, yeah, it's, there, there is still, I get the odd day where I can't physically stand. My legs don't work, you know, so, Aww. so yeah, it's difficult, but you have a blessing of them being aware of everything you can do on the days that you can do stuff. Yeah, it makes you more, more appreciative, I suppose, of the days that are good, but it also... I, I suppose you you use your time more effectively you don't waste it you don't yeah. give it away you don't stress over like you know you really do realize that we stress over small stuff or yes. you know like what living is is actually meant to be because so so much we got caught up in functioning and hitting the criteria of house job hobbies family do you know, and that you get so focused on doing and achieving the next one, whereas a chronic illness takes away so much that you just celebrate every day that allows you to do whatever certain thing you, you have your body's capable of doing that day. Yeah. And you have such an amazing perspective, like for for to have experienced like you're more than a fair share, anyone's fair share of <laughs> challenges or health kind of um kind of illnesses and things like that um for you to look at it like that they're a gift that each one has taught you something or brought something to your life is fantastic it's it's quite inspiring as well that even though 
your career, your home, your independence, essentially, as well. A lot was you, you were basically put back to scratch. Mm-hmm. But you can look at that like I've lost everything or you can look at that like, right, I've a clean slate. Now I can do what I'm meant to do or what I want to do. What do I really want? And you just start fresh. like Yeah. And you have to build your life to be balanced and I'm not saying I've got it nailed don't get me wrong but I don't think (laughs) (laughs) but my life is predominantly focused around myself my needs my illnesses needs and so when I wake up in the morning it's like how's my body feeling how's my mind feeling what does it need what does it want today and then the day happens around that and it's you know it's it is upsetting sometimes that I can't earn a certain amount or go and do a nine to five job anymore because obviously I want to buy a property I want to buy a new home I want to be independent financially and that's the hard struggle I'm working with in trying to build a business is to is to make one that actually can afford me some sort of independent lifestyle so I don't have the option to go out but what I do have is every day is mine like it's truly mine like I get up and I say what do I want what do I need this is the day ahead of me. And sometimes that's a good few hours in bed, you know, like, or it doesn't mean that every day is happy because I'm like, yay, today's all about me. Sometimes I'm, you know, I do live still with severe depression. It's quite well managed, but it comes back and it can be life-threatening at times. Um, You know, and I do, do still have times where the chronic fatigue literally takes over my body. And all I can do is lie there and wait for it to pass in a couple of days. You know, well, what you're doing, I suppose, is honoring yourself like that. You're listening to it, right? What my body needs today is rest and recovery. That's what I'm doing today. Yeah. Like you're prioritizing yeah. yourself, I suppose, over a lot of us yeah. prioritize other people or our job or we, we put ourselves bottom of the list. Like but what you're doing essentially is you're your list. You're top of the list. <laughs> I, I am. And like, I don't know. I know that's strange, but to me, no. it's the only way that makes sense. Um, I am very good to other people and I give in abundance, but never before I've given to myself. And so the first, my bucket is always first and foremost for me. And if there's is, if I'm well enough to have an abundance of energy or giving or cognitive function left, it goes out to whoever needs it. But first and foremost, it has to come to me because I did the giving I gave to my job and my career. I, you know, I saved, I bought a home on my own and all that sort of stuff. And I don't regret any of that, but I see that I just kept moving in this, in the spin of life, you know, getting up, going to the gym, going to work, socializing like it's just it's like a tread wheel that you're stuck on and I have been lucky enough to be have fallen off it flattened my face and gone okay there's no more room for shame like no more room for shame I guess I just have full full freedom to do whatever I want now the embarrassment's happened I'm a force I'm turning 40 in April I will be in my parents spare bedroom do you know um that's just that's fine because there's so many other privileges that come from just making a life that makes sense right now and that is possible for me right now yeah well that's I think I think you're deadly like um to have not just overcome lots of uh, those challenges but to still um work through your own kind of stuff yourself but you also are very proactive in helping other people um 
to yeah. improve their lives and to make changes. And that's what Gratitude Forest is really about, isn't it? Your your business. Yeah. So I'm a mental, I'm a trained mental health and wellness coach. And so I kind of just summarize it as a mental well-being coach. Um, and so how that's different to a life coach is I still work with people who want to make changes in their lives. But when I'm working with a client and some of them do struggle with it, it always comes back to who they are, who they need themselves to be who are they in their life? And some of them will always find it hard because they're so used to being a mother or a career woman or a wife or, you know, and all that. <clears throat> but ultimately I work with people and the focus is always on them as an individual, taking into consider what their commitments are in their world. You yeah. know, who are you? How are you? Like, what is your relationship with yourself? How do you feel about the life that you've created? Quite often, and I know I did it myself, you build a life that looks really good. And that, you mm-hmm. know, society says like you're achieving and you go, oh, but it doesn't quite feel like I thought it would eventually feel like I've, I've, yeah. I've got the house. Oh, where's the feeling that I thought I was going to get with all this, you know? And so it's really asking people to, to face that and to do some exploration around, well, you know, actually, what is the inner truth of what you want? And quite often when I get people to do what would their dream life, when we've done a bit of work together and then I ask them, OK, paint your ideal life. So if money's not an issue, whatever, what would it be? It's normally quite different to what there is, is is currently living. It's always generally much simpler and cheaper than the lifestyle they're currently living. Um, And so I work with people who kind of want to get into that space of, oh, like, what do I want to give my energy to? What actual lifestyle do I want? to stop and ask themselves these questions and then you know I obviously specialize with working with people who have chronic illnesses mental or physical because so often illness does take over and I know like as I say like I've had multiple times where my life was literally stopped in its tracks from having a new diagnosis of diabetes, from having a mental breakdown, from then picking myself back up and building a new career and then having a physical breakdown. so what I like to do is if you can feel like illness can own your every day um, and there's nothing left of you. And so I, I do specialize in working with people with long term mental or physical health or even people who've struggled emotionally for a long time to help mm-hmm. them build a life that contains and respects their illnesses and their illnesses yeah. needs. But that still is so much of them. Who are they? What do they want? What are their dreams? Like my dreams are really simple, but they're quite big for someone with, you know, illnesses and restrictions. Like I want to buy a piece of land, plant a forest, build a wooden cabin and live happily ever after. You know, there's a reality around that. (laughs) It is gold. But unfortunately, the realistic version is I'll be building a, a, a wooden cabin that is disabled friendly for the impact that I may not always be physically stable to stand on my own feet and stuff. So I take the dreams and I say, like, let's what's realistic, what's manageable, what let's make it real. Let's not make it a dream that's unachievable. Let's actually create and get the path to bring you there if that's where you want to go. I mean, a lot of people I work with, they don't have a big goal at the end. It really is just they want to have a space to explore. They want more peace or they want to inner, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, that's it. Just to feel a bit more like there's a bit of space for themselves within their world or even within their mind because you know there's so much anxiety and there's so much thinking that happens every day 
Um, yeah. And so, so it's when, really about working, working with the person and what their needs are. When you're working with your clients or people, do you meet people through sessions? Is this through online? Is it through workbooks? So I started off, yeah, I started off with just planning to do video calls um, because I did at first start going to meet people in coffee shops. But again, on a day that I'm ill, I'm giving so much of my energy to the travel time that it takes from the quality of session I'm able to bring. And so I've realized that even before the, the, the lockdown happened, I needed to move over to Zoom and do my sessions via video call. Um, okay. I love creating workbooks. I, I personally love doing workbooks. So I have created workbooks in the past um, and I'm currently writing um, an anxiety support ebook that's going to have like a workbook section in it. But I wanted to Amazing. also have a lot of, yeah, like I wanted to go through the symptoms of anxiety, but then also to, to kind of highlight people what actually are the long-term impacts of having and living with yourself in a state of anxiety? Because there's different sections of the body that gets impacted with long periods of anxiety. It's a continual part. Yeah. And it's something we forget, you know, we often hear about symptoms, but I'm very quite interested in actually when you live in, in a state of fight and flight, the impact on that, the physical body and the long-term um, can lead you to, to, to become iller in other areas, you know, to catch cold and flus more commonly, or in my case, catch a virus and not recover well enough. Um, yeah. And so it goes through that. And then it goes through, you know, we talk about anxiety in such general terms, and I'm really person specific when I work with clients. And so the workbook is written to try and help you learn about anxiety for you, your signs and symptoms, how it impacts you, what the top thoughts for you are like um, and then mm-hmm. to go through to actually at, by the end of the workbook or by, by the end of the support book because there's also tips and tricks of how to kind of manage and handle anxiety about when it's coming on or if if you're you know I don't know if you suffer with anxiety but like when it hits and it starts to take over and you literally can't pull your mind back from this the spinning thoughts of like fear and dread so there's all tips and tricks for the different stages that you might get caught up in and so by the end of the book um, I'm kind of hoping there'll be two you'll have worked out two support plans for yourself one when you feel anxiety coming on there'll be like you'll have created your own support plan of what you're going to do to help you not drag it into further or Mm -hmm. if you're in a if if that doesn't work and you get into a deep state how to actually then what's your support plan for that and so support plans can be obviously self-care and stuff but it might also just being how do I having a person that you let know that hey if I text you and say I'm you know I'm feeling overwhelmed with my anxiety that 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 you've done it when you're not in the middle of anxiety you've you've shown your workbook to them or you've shown this part of the workbook to them say like will you be my support person that kind of just okay sends me a few messages or do you know like so it can be an outside support um it's not yeah it's not just about like go and have a nice bath or you know sit and do meditation like I actually don't don't do meditation if you're in the middle of anxiety like like my thing is don't like nothing worse than sitting alone with your head um so yeah I'm hoping that it's I'm I'm in the middle of writing it it was meant to be just a small workbook but as always with me it's turned into 30 pages of and I so I was just like go with it I don't know what it's going to end up as or when it's going to be ready but I just want it to be that 
that it is like a little pocket that you sit with your anxiety and you kind of explore, befriend it and prepare for what you need when the times come that it's the different stages of how it can take you over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. Um, so then I've also got um, a journey book. So the this book it, with you. You, you yeah. did yeah you you were one of my guinea pigs to start with yeah. so I was very appreciative of that and that's worked out so well so what it is is it's an interactive workbook um and so it's the, the idea is that it takes you on a journey where you go deep into yourself you know and um, so each week there'll be personalized questions for you um and then you let me know when you've completed them. I go in and I read, kind of analyze, assess the responses. And I think you'll know from, from your experience, um, Bex, that like I can kind of start to see patterns. Yeah. There's certain words, people like, I'm very into words. And so like through the words people use or through things they say, I can start to see thinking patterns or behaving patterns that are really not working for them. And I'm able to gently or, I mean, it depends what you consider gently to be, to kind of, you know, get them to either realize that that's not working, why it's not working, or I'm able to help, you know, highlight it to them mm-hmm. and work through why, maybe why it's there, where it came about, you know, because quite often from our childhood, we have patterns of behavior. Now, if something traumatic happened to you um, and you're aware you'll address those big traumatic things but just in general living from from your home life from your schooling from the society and community that you're in paints behavioral patterns and they might not be awful destructive ones but they can be ones that don't serve you and so the journey book really allows them to be highlighted and I just find that people get so much from it because they realize these patterns of thinkings or assumptions is a huge thing that we make as people and so you know I can point out where they're making an assumption about someone else in their life or that's affecting them or something and like they're like the clarity and and just the lightness of vision um so I do love that now that is a particularly time-consuming for me it's a particularly and for the client but it's very time-consuming um like I do I put in about four to six hours per person per individual journey book interaction so each week you get your journey book I've done six hours because I read it I go for a walk and kind of let it all digest and then I kind of come back and write that's a lot of thinking that's an awful lot of thinking like (laughs) do you know what I mean like because I've got to make sure like that how do I phrase it gently you know like I might see something but I then need to kind of work with how can I help them see it well I have to say um, during, during my experience with working with you um I know as you said I was a guinea pig so it was when you were kind of designing or developing the mm. journey and you wanted to I suppose uh try it with people and get some feedback on how if there was any way that it could be improved or uh, how effective it was for people yeah but I absolutely adored the journey book like I loved it so much and I obviously gave you a review and that then and gave yeah. you some feedback and stuff but like I just found obviously the workbook itself and how it was designed the types of questions how reflective it is that it really mm-hmm. um 
encourages you to delve, like you said, much deeper into yourself. And but it's it's your approach as well. You were so compassionate, kind of it, like how you fra- you were saying you were thinking about how to phrase it. How do I say it gently? Nothing ever felt like judgmental. Like I was very, I was able to be very open. Yeah, uh, with like a lot of my kind of talk patterns, like negative self talk, yeah. things I might be ashamed or embarrassed to speak about with anybody else, and I just felt completely at ease. Um, throughout the journey book, journey book. Oh my god, to uh to speak to you about those things because the responses or your interactions were so gentle and kind of supportive. Um, I didn't ever feel that they were critical or judgmental and. It was just lovely because even when you were trying to probe me, I suppose, to go a bit further again or deeper or look at why something is, it was in a very gentle way. Yeah. You know, so it was lovely. And I actually got an awful lot out of it. And it was it was like it started off a kind of a little journey of healing uh, that I didn't mean to embark upon. Like it just wonderful. Yeah. So I've done a lot of work since I've done a few more programs and um, yeah, I've just kind of been doing my bits doing my thing so yeah I thought it was wonderful that's wonderful well the thing is because of what I've been through I there is no room for me to judge another person do you know like what I've been through you know is huge you know I I have been the person that's walked down the street crying you know dressed in their pajamas crying on my way to the psychiatric hospital, taking myself to the psychiatric A&E. Now, the people who passed me didn't know. I just looked like the mad joke on the street. I have no room to judge another. Do you know, I really don't. And so I think that really genuinely comes across. Like, I am 40 living in my parents' bare bedroom. I, at one point, you know, couldn't get out of bed or eat solid food. I have no place to judge another. Um, you know, so so I think that really comes across from my life experience. It comes across. I'm a big, I've had psychotherapy, um, you know, and a lot of kind counseling over the years with, with my experience with mental health. And I value it, don't get me wrong, I value it. And I'm a big believer in CBT and that being a wonderful format. But what I couldn't handle, and I still am not sure where the value is, is when they sit silently across from you and they're, they're, they're your therapist and nothing else, do you know? Yeah. So when I'm working with my clients, I need them to know I'm there with them. I need them to know yes. that I'm part of this discussion, that I'm your team right now. Like we're doing this work together. And so if I have something that I feel is important for you to become aware of, I will as gently as possible help you become aware. But if you're still not aware, I'll just come out and tell you what I think is, I'm looking at this from this point and we'll discuss it. And I hated when I went to therapist and I just had so much silence in return. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I'm sure there's a reason for that. And I, I'm not dissing that, that field, it's wonderful. But that's not how I work. And I actually trained, started to train to become a counsellor. And I and I just said, this is not for me. I cannot sit silently across someone who is desperately in need of connection and not give them that connection when my heart is so ready to share, you know, hardship with another human being and say, I get it. I know, like, you're not alone. 
and I, I think we're, we're also individual, like for some people, uh, psychotherapy yeah. might be exactly what works for them. For other yeah. people, it might not be at all. And I think it's about finding what works for you and what's right for you. And yeah, doing, doing that. Do you know what that's I mean? That's it. Like, and that's what, that's what I love about coaching is it gives the freedom for you to be a partnership, to be that proactive side of it. Um, and that's it. Like I also, I don't work with people who are currently in active deep trauma or anything. That is where you go to a psychotherapist or something. I work with people who, like when I finished my five years of therapy um, as a client, I came out and I just was like, I'd spent since the age of 11 severely depressed. Um, I'd had the breakdown at 26, 25, 26. I'd waited on the waiting list for about two years to get support. So I was in my early 30s coming out, feeling like an alive living human being for one of the first times in my life, to be honest. And I just thought, I don't know how to live. I've only ever survived. And so what I try and be for people is that support. When you've gone through the really hard, deep, intense stuff, and you want to start building a life that nourishes you, that supports you, that accepts who you are and helps you accept who, who you are and what your illnesses or, or your personality traits need. You know, I'm highly sensitive. I'm an introvert. There's a list that comes with that in how I need to care for myself, because if I don't, I'm going to just be drained, you know. And so so I really want my kind of dream and what I think I'm achieving is actually hitting those people where they're like, yeah, I want to build a life that is true for myself to finish with the struggling. They've maybe done the deep therapy work or or it's it's just a you know, there's no even need for therapy. They just really just need to face themselves and the life that they want to live and create it and make it happen. And I just want to be that person. Yeah, no, and I definitely think you are like it's it's about that piece around clarity. That's what you I'm just picking up on. That's a word yeah. that you and that's what it was for me. I suppose I I was at a, a point where I was kind of like starting from scratch myself a little bit. Felt like um, where it's just kind of like what what now? What do I want? Like what am I going to do but, next? Yeah. And yeah. the workbook was able to help me do that. And when you were talking about like people's dream life I remember working with you around that I was like I don't know I don't know what my dream is and you were obviously yeah. pro quite gently to try and well is it this is this something you'd value what what is it and I think as far as I can remember well I do know what it is because it's what I'm working towards but it was just having a home for myself yeah. and friends yeah I said like I wanted us to grow our own vegetables and yeah I wanted like opportunities for us to spend a lot of time in nature together. Yada, yada, yada. All very simple, very attainable, very small things that aren't like out of this world. Yeah. And like we sowed tomato seeds three weeks ago. We're growing oriental greens as well at the minute. They haven't died yet. Um, I'm still taking away <laughs> savings. So we're not at the dream yet, but we're, I'm, I'm living the dream because I'm on the way. I'm on the That's way. That's it. That's it. And you captured it there. You're living it because you're on the way to it. And that's what I say. I remember when I had loads of money and I had all my health or, you know, what I thought was all my health. I didn't think I'd get any sicker. Um, And I was working towards something. But in the working towards, I was doing nothing that was part of what the end dream would be. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like now I may never get my piece of land. I may end up disabled or not able to live independently before I'm ever able to actually get my land and you know do it and I know that when I get my land I need to as I say acknowledge the restrictions and have certain things built to assume that I'm going to be somewhat disabled in my elder years and sorry I mentioned disabled quite a lot because my father's in a wheelchair so and I have the same illness so there's a chance I could lose limbs or whatever in the future so you know I have to I don't I'm not just going to buy a two-story house I'm going to create one that is awareness. But but what I'm talking about is if I never get to the land and I never get to that house, it's okay because the whole journey getting me there, I have been adding in what I can of what that lifestyle will feel and look like. Not just the big picture, but, you know, and so like I'm here on a farm right now, like, um, you know, I'm, you know, practicing yoga much more often than I used to. I'm making sure I have time in nature. Just like, I'm now like doing loads of crafts and stuff, but it's like, I'm trying to live the lifestyle I would, I imagine myself living when I'm on the land in the house. I'm trying to add bits here. So it's like you say, sowing the seeds of the tomatoes, Um, you know, getting out your guitar and playing music with them and stuff. No, start (laughs) it's a it's a tiny bit and so like the thing is a dream we normally see it as this far off kind of hard to grasp thing and I try and work with people to be like no let's make a realistic version within the life that you have and then let's let's make a vision for how you want the full thing to look like as you progress in the future so that you have goals to work towards and that's what I think is amazing we put so many energy into stuff we never ask ourselves if we really want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you hadn't have asked those questions, you could be putting so much energy into something that society interprets you should be wanting and doing that you would yeah, have missed that doesn't bring the me closer to It doesn't bring yeah. me closer to what I, what I truly want or what the path that I should be on, I suppose. But um, yeah. the, the, mind, the mindfulness practices, I suppose, that you include into your day you've mentioned some well I don't know if you'd call them mindfulness practices but that's um, the thing I did think before we had this chat carry on yeah so like the spending time in nature yoga and knitting like to me they are all things that are mindful and that draw you into the present moment but would you Mm -hmm. actively I suppose practice mindfulness or would you class those things as mindfulness practice See, that's that's what I was thinking about before we had this chat. Um, and I don't consider myself someone who actively meditates or actively does mindfulness. Okay. And I don't know if it's because of my I'm putting them in a category and I'm making an assumption about them. But like I do breath work every day. I don't sit down to do breath work. It's not designated in my day. But there is mm-hmm. always one, two, three moments in my day where I'm like, Oh, I just I just need to sit and focus on my breath for a second. Like I think I'm at a point where those things like mindfulness and meditation are in, integrated into who I am in a realistic version of what I need them to be. So like I don't often sit and meditate. I sit and when I, when the, I have a housemate who has a dog and so the dog comes in in the morning and I will sit and just focus on passing 
you know, as I'm giving her a morning rubs, I'll just sit still, focus on my breathing and focus on just passing loving energy. Now, if you want to call that meditation, yeah. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like I don't sit and intend to meditate. I, I have done and I still do from time to time if I'm really needing to pull my, my mind back into. But normally if I'm in a balanced place, normally it's all just part of how I live. Like I go walking in nature, I make sure that I look around and focus on the colors of the trees, the textures of the bark, you know. Um, That's mindfulness. It is. It is. The challenge for me is. Yeah. But that's the thing is, so I don't do it. It just is now part of who I am or how I live my days because, you know, breathwork, mindfulness, meditation, they are all tools that we use to become closer to just the simplistic version of ourselves, which is simply being without thinking and without so I very actively chased after them in my 20s like I um, first got into meditation where I did sit down and my first bout of meditating was with a community um, in Bray actually and we used to sit and we did an hour silent meditation off the bat like sit and do an hour silent meditation right now and I was desperate for help because I was I was met my head was a mess I hadn't hit therapy yet I was searching for sanity yeah and you know it was grand it's grand I just focused on trying not to fall asleep most of the time and imagine shining my light and polishing this lamp inside my body and stuff um and I think because I've had times where it was proactively I did it in hope that it would bring me to a place of peaceful insanity yeah. and heal all my 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 hurt that they've just become part of my day to day and so I don't classify myself as someone who does mindfulness or meditation even what I classify as yoga I don't think people would call yoga it's basically anything I can do lying down that stretches out some part of me like that's my type of yoga that's what I do that's my type of yoga and I'm a yoga teacher I'm a trained yoga teacher unless I can sit down it's it's not yoga (laughs) whatever works for you do you know what I mean like that's the thing that I like that's that's it pick what's right for you and leave the rest and that's what I try and help people realize because so much is in oh well if I'm doing meditation I must do this or if I'm doing mindfulness I must do this yeah and so I help people just go that's a big kind of motivation behind the podcast for me as well is to speak to lots of different people from different backgrounds and walks of life and ask them about their experiences because it's so broad we're all just so unique and so different and like you're you're actually such a mindful person I think when I'm looking at you and from uh, working with you and speaking to you and but you're not saying like I'm off to do my mindfulness now you're just (laughs) and my guest last Matt Burke was speaking about um mindfulness I asked him mindfulness meditation what's the difference I'm saying what are they about and he was saying like meditation doesn't have to be the lotus position legs crossed breathe in breathe out kumbaya kind of crack yeah washing the dishes that you focus on washing the dishes when you're eating your dinner you focus on eating your dinner not texting your fella and doing things all at the same time you're focusing on one thing at a time and that's what being present or 
being mindful or what meditation tries to teach us to do is to focus on our breath or focus on do, one thing. You know, one of the things I started a couple of years ago for myself, I got sick to death of the fact that I was watching TV and on my phone and there was normally a tablet or something nearby, right? And I'd get to the end of a TV series, like a whole series, you know, when you're having those binge days. And I'd, I'd not have, I've not have, I did nothing. I didn't do much on the phone, but, but scroll. I didn't actually watch the TV program in any great depth. Yeah. And so what I do, but I started a couple of, yeah, what I started a couple of years ago is watching international TV. So if you go into Netflix, there is actually in the TV programs and the films, there's an international section and putting oh, it so in the, yeah. Yes, and so I, I do forced. It's the best thing. And I was forced to literally, I'm choosing to watch this program and I have no choice to watch the program because if I pick up my phone, I've missed something. Do you know what I mean? I got got mega into all of them, like all the French ones, all the subtitles. The Walter Walter Presents series. Oh, I haven't seen that one. No, he's he's a guy who brings them to Channel 4. And so he picks the best from around Europe. But... um, you can actually watch Channel 4 online for free and they've got a whole international section. It's bigger than the Netflix one. But okay. yeah, Frankie, When Frankie was like really newborn and he was still in my room, the noise of the telly would wake him, but the lights didn't bother yeah. him. So I used to put the telly on mute and I'd just read the subtitles. Like So I was watching all these mad series on Netflix, like being like going into work. I saw this deadly series, it's in French and everyone was like, nah. <laughs> yeah I love them I now I'm comforted by the sound of like a non-English language yeah. yeah um but you know so that's that's something I do I did because I didn't like how distracted I was spending my time and wasteful is that mindfulness maybe you'd class it as that but I didn't say I'm going to be mindful and watching my tv and therefore you know like it's not conscious it's just part of you know and like I, I get really bad anxiety at the moment in this lockdown. Some of the, you know, evenings can just, you, you check the figures. I don't watch the news, but I do check the figures and you're just like, you know, we know they've pushed it to April now till we can get out and about potentially. Are they going to push it again? So the evenings I just find like what, it just hits you. And the other night I was just sitting in bed and I had an orange and I just start like peeling the orange and smelling it and like rubbing it against my lip till I can get the different textures of the outside of the orange and then the inside skin. And then, you know, and like, I didn't plan to do that. I just needed my body just without thinking did something that was mindful and meditative and to kind of bring it it back into now. now. And so that's, I, 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 don't, I don't have any great wisdom on any of the practices because my life is based around me and being in my life as best I can. And so, and I think as well with illness, as I say, you do learn not to fart arse around with your time. Like, yeah. so it's just natural. It's just kind of natural now, which is great, you know, and it wasn't always, but I that's guess what that's most people are trying to achieve is for it yeah. to be natural, that they just are <laughs> like you know yeah so that's the whole yeah purpose I think of mindfulness and meditation and what the whole the whole lot's about is is to do that is to just live in the day in the present moment yeah. uh, and kind of try and get out of your head and move into your heart space and just 
That's it. That's yeah. it. And I think for me as a coach, I think one of the big challenges is if you've not built a life that nurtures that, it, that is aligned with what's in your heart, then it's really hard to be in your world and to get what you need in a nurturing sense from it. You know, because if you're dreaming of simplicity deep in your heart, but you're not quite aware of it, you're living this fast paced corporate gyms, restaurants, whatever, holidays, money, money, money. How are you ever going to feel content and peaceful in it? Because your inner deep heart actually just wants simplicity um, yeah. and time. Like there was a period when I was working and my boss, when I got a few promotions and a few pay rises in a short space of time. And every time he gave me a promotion and a pay rise, I'd negotiate less working hours so that I was coming home with the same pay, but I was doing less hours. And he was like, I don't understand. Why do you keep producing your hours and not just getting more money and saving it? And I was like, my time, like time is the biggest luxury that we do not give to ourselves. And, you know, I'm delighted I did it because it was two years later, I, I got my physical breakdown and I lost the capabilities of doing so much that I'd actually chosen to do and chosen to do and take time off work to do in yeah. those like it was. I was like, I, I just want to enjoy my life. Um, and he couldn't get it, um, you know, um, but it was a real sign that like I wasn't living in line. Like I needed a simpler, a simpler, less hectic the universe kind of I think or whatever you want to call it I don't know yeah. it does that to you if you're not in line with where you're at and I it think does. most people don't they're unaware they're not conscious that they're not in line with what they those people aren't clear about what their values are like I didn't I didn't yeah. know even some of the questions the workbook or even prior to that or sometimes even after that if someone says to me like what are the things that are really important to you I'm kind of like um and I'll have to think about it, but people don't usually ask themselves those questions or take the time to really sit and think about things. Yeah. And when you do, like I, I did a really useful kind of uh, activity with another kind of coach um, that I was working with recently, and it was like a wheel. And in each section of the wheel, there's different things. So like career, family social life whatever and you, yeah the wheel of life yeah and you kind of rate them between one and ten and see where you're at with everything and that's a really yeah very simple but real effective way of seeing where do I need to focus a little bit more of my energy or where is things kind of all right that I can work on something else yeah. Do you know but yeah I just life and is so like chaotic and hectic and there's so much going on like you said we're conditioned and societal stuff and yeah. it's just a bit of a minefield and for anyone that isn't clear or that does struggle a little bit they could probably really do it I suppose um somebody like a coach to kind of guide them a little bit um, it, it is it is it's it's empowering other people to find clarity for themselves I suppose isn't it really well it is and if you're going to give energy to live and it might as well be in the something actually in, in something that you've clearly figured out is right for you and is something you want Sorry, what if, what if somebody comes to you, Louise, and they don't know? They don't know what they want. They say, all right, I'm not happy. Oh, no, they like, don't I, know I, when they come to me. Yeah, like, what do they, like, people are just like, help, don't. I, don't know what, I don't know what I want. Like, well, they normally say, like, oh, you know, I, any I think the hardest thing is getting people 
to actually acknowledge that they feel that way because that's one of the things I find is the hardest is actually getting clients because people don't want to admit that they want to make a change because their life their life that they've worked really hard to get the house that they pay a fortune in mortgage in the children that they adore they don't want to admit that actually look I adore my children but they're far too much you know there's not enough of me left or you know like there's you know, when people tell me, you know, I, I come from Greystones and everything costs a fortune, houses wise there, and they, they'll actually say, I'm so lucky to live here. And I do think, really, are you? Because you're paying about like a million quid for a house. That's yeah. like your husband working his balls off and being overstressed and overworked and you potentially having to go. And I'm like, really? And then like, you can't it's really hard to get people to go oh yeah actually do you know I, I actually would just really love a house down in Sligo near the you know whatever whatever and you're like oh you know so you're putting a million pounds into one physical property and then the pressure that that puts upon the whole family when you could be living a dream life in Sligo and probably re- your husband can retire at 50 or, you know what I mean? Like you could be working three day weeks instead of both having to work five day weeks and all this. And, and that's where it's hard for people to actually stop and go, yeah, Oh, I want to go and work with her. Do people feel a little bit like it's nearly an admission of like failure or it like, is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, so it's about swallowing, not swallowing your ego a little bit. Like there's nothing wrong with like the there's fact that I'm wrong. With a life coach, I, I don't think means like I'm not as success as a human. It, it, you know, I don't no, but... I think if anything, it means that I'm a very proactive um yeah. positive person who wants to make change and I'm a doer. Do you know what I mean? Like I, you are, yeah. I noticed that there's a need for change and you you're brave enough to take steps towards it because so many of us allow fear to stop us from making changes. Huge and taking steps towards what we want like so I yeah I've found that with people anyway that um people are a little bit dubious I suppose sometimes about like life coaching or therapy any form of therapy any alternative form, yeah. counseling anything it's nearly seen as there's a stigma around it like that oh you, you, you shouldn't need those things you should be able to do it yourself or do you know I know but I don't there is a there's anything wrong with looking there's for or a bit of help I don't like this world is intense living a life is actually quite overwhelming when you think about all that we achieve in a life um but no I do I find it's hard um that there is this there's a reluctance for people to kind of even say that they need a bit of extra support or that you know there's there is just a reluctance and it's a shame because people would rather say face and and keep on trudging on than actually just coming and doing like I mean what people get in an hour session with me is sometimes all they need to keep going and find some extra light and happiness and and have that like space to breathe for a good few months so if people were to wanting to look uh, to to work with you through either your workbooks or um, to source the anxiety support ebook that you're developing or just for a session with you how would they find you Louise um, uh, right well um I I have my website so www.gratitudeforest.world and then 
gratitude forest is my instagram account so the first step is really just to get in touch whether it's a quick dm or an email um then i i have recently found that because everyone's working from home people don't feel they have the privacy to actually have conversations about this sort of stuff so i actually have one of my clients ask me to start working via whatsapp messenger um and that's I reluctantly agreed. It's actually worked out wonderful. She's getting just as much from the sessions and she feels really safe because it's not verbalized in the air around her, like, because she's, she's sharing, obviously, a house. Um, and so I've now got clients on Voxer and Signal. So I'm actually doing kind of either if they want to do voice messages or else you just whatsapp or you know text messages via a messaging system that's actually really popular at the moment um and one of the need to get dressed or put makeup on or anything to have they don't and i actually i charge accordingly because i don't need to get dressed and i can have a cup of coffee beside me um so what i do is i get the systems the messenger whichever messenger system i'm using on my laptop so i can type faster um and so they do get a lot from the sessions and the best part is they have it on their phone going forward during that week when they just want to remember you know like I can't say anyone's ever not left me feeling clearer and just more light and fresh and so you have that on your phone um so so that's something I kind of it's really easy for me to do and I as I say I do price kind of a, a good bit cheaper for that because I don't have to send notes after and all that sort of stuff um yeah so so between the journey book and the messaging is probably more common at the moment than actually phone calls. But really what I also will say is I'm so individual focused. So I have had clients start on the journey book and they've just not written enough. And I'm like, you know, do you enjoy writing? And they're like, oh no, it takes me too long. And I'm like, grand, like, let's not bother about pricing or whatever. Let's just switch, switch over to the phone you know, and I can, you know, so it's, it's not, you know, like I do, obviously I'm trying to build a business and I'm trying to build a, an income to help me become financially independent. But I first and foremost, just really love supporting people. And so if writing is the way that supports them or that doesn't work, we move on to the phone and there's, you know, it's not all kind of all about what the price is and what you're, what no, you pay for and all this stuff. Like it's definitely not, um, and what I will say as well about coaching is it's not kind of like therapy. You don't need to come every week because the clarity and lightness, the impact of that proactive partnership relationship, so much can get done and achieved that you really need about two to three weeks between a lot of sessions to just let it grow, yeah. you know? Um, so although the prices can be higher you know, an hour kind of is about one thirty nine for an hour coaching session. Um, I do a therapeutic talk session that's more sixty five euro an hour. Um, it depends on what you re- how proactive you want me to be in it. But it's also it, to, when you see the prices to remember it's not a weekly or a five year commitment like therapy might be. We're really actually you you get so much that you should be getting what you need enough to keep you going for a few weeks with long-term changes coming sooner rather than later or at least clarity towards them brilliant that's great louise frankie is awake my son (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have uh, a little toddler that has woken up so 
uh, I think on that note, where we might, um, yeah, it was lovely to chat to you. Yeah, lovely to chat to you for agreeing to come on to the podcast. And I'm going to link uh, Gratitude Forest, your page on my Instagram and stuff, so that if people want to check your page out or are interested in talking to you about any of your services or different workbooks, the journey book and the new anxiety support ebook that uh, you're gonna be developing it's gonna be out soon well we'll see we'll see i don't want to put a deadline because that stresses me out um as soon as it's ready the world shall know <laughs> well, if, if anyone wants to reach out to you that's where the do yeah if they want to want me to take their name and send it to them as soon as it's done that's great yeah and thank you so much again for coming on as a guest and for speaking so openly about your own experience and about mental health. Uh, I think it's a really important topic. Oh, thank you. Um, at the moment. And yeah, I've loved having you on. Love so, talking you. to you. Take care. I hope he right, gets back well, to sleep uh, soon. Chat soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Namaste.